0: Fun Somehow
1: Heartbreak feels good in a place like this
2: Musical the movie the podcast Musical the movie the podcast Musical the movie the podcast With Andy and Steph (sighs) Hi
3: Andy
2: Steph hello hi Hi Andy May I I add Skidoo and Whipty Scoop To
0: you
4: uh how you doing the,
2: i'm doing good i'm i was just uh reflecting on both the roaring 20s and my roaring 20s you know what yeah. i mean yeah because that's how old i was when this movie came out that can't that's not be true. accurate I, I must have been 19 <laughs> <laughs>
4: we're about to talk about why i know that's not true um i was just gonna say it's uh it's a beautiful saturday in brandon johnson chicago and <laughs> a beautiful day to talk about chicago
2: a beautiful day to talk about Chicago. And by the way, there is no more Chicago story than Chicago. <laughs> I mean, I mean, when I watch this thing, I'm like, oh, I'm, I feel like I'm in Logan oh, Square. Just over it, over I, it. I feel like, like I'm in Ukrainian you. Village. You wanna go when grab I watch a this thing, dog. oh my God, I'm putting a pickle on everything I eat. I'm not just a, hot dogs. a French dip. I'm putting pickle on pizza. I'm dipping it in gravy. When I watch <laughs> this thing, I can't. This thing is so Chicago Can we talk uh, that about... it absolutely deserves to be called Chicago. <laughs> what do you want to talk about?
4: Just how my experience of the city and the place of Chicago is so important to me, and so beloved, and so centered around food. And that just is not part of this movie, and that's a real... um, Right, there's a musical movie
2: that's that's more Chicago than this, and it's called The Blues Brothers. (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait. But, you know, we're not here to talk about The Blues Brothers. Not today, anyway. Not yet uh we're we're here to talk about uh rob marshall's feature directorial debut uh it's a movie called chicago starring renee Zellweger, catherine zeta jones and richard Gere. stuff
4: don't forget queen latifah
2: and queen latifah she's in there john she, c she, she Riley. Deserves... they're both nominated for oscars
4: latifah deserves to have her name on the poster for this that's going to be say, my I'll stance. say it. It
2: should say Dana Owens. That's her real name. This is a Dana <laughs> Owens performance. It's not a Queen Latifah it's, performance.
4: We, we really got to meet Dana Owens here.
2: Well, Steph, let me, let me just start with you then and just ask you a simple question, something we're uh, very familiar with on this podcast. Do you uh, fucks with Chicago 2002?
4: I hella fucks with Chicago 2002. Um okay. I the year is 2002 little me is in Appleton Wisconsin um actually the year is 2003 because they made it in 2002 but now it's like March 2003 and I have a new driver's license for the first time (laughs) and I pick up this boy and I go on my very first like real official date to go see the movie of Chicago we, like, held sweaty hands. They did the cell block tango. I got, like, very <laughs> uncomfortable because it was so explicitly sexual. And I, did, like, didn't know about my own sexuality yet. And so, like, it was great. Wow. But then Yeah. This movie is... I love this movie. Uh, I, I was a little bit nervous going back to watch it because there are a lot of things that I loved in 2003 that I am <laughs> nervous to watch now. Um, and... <laughs> This it like that's, true. that's on... our other
2: podcast that I wanted to do called, Does It Hold Up? <laughs> is it canceled?
4: Most of the time, the answer is, no, it does not hold up. Yes, it is no. canceled.
2: Um, yeah, there's only a couple racial slurs in this movie.
4: Yeah, and they're, like, you know, not...
2: Not bad for not Chicago bad. in the 20s in a prison. Not bad
4: for Chicago in the 20s. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but this movie is, like... Okay, we haven't really talked a lot about, um like, theater theory on our podcast yeah yeah that's probably Uh, by design yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) on my part I think I've kept us from that
4: that's fair and I and I don't need to like get like too hella into it but I was when I was reading about the musical in preparation for this podcast I kept seeing people refer to it as Brechtian as in like this like uh style of theater that is um popularized by baron brecht i think is his first name he's hella german and is he related
2: to ike baron <laughs>
4: i don't think okay. so but we'll have right. to ask him all right um and it's it's this idea of like things should be representational and like a, a desk can be a briefcase can be a briefcase and then it could be a desk and like we the audience understand that that's what it's doing and uh this movie is very brechtian in the way that it is like sort of giving us like representative stylized like hyper surrealist things but then also tying it back to like what's happening in the the quote real world in the story sure. and like that is my shit And I saw this movie at the time where I was like first, like getting really into theater and getting really into like that kind of representational shit. And so this movie just sort of like sits at like in my brain as one of the one of my early experiences, understanding like, oh, this is this is like my preferred style too. Um, Interesting. And it's just so you
2: say representation matters, and to you, that means a briefcase can be. a desk uh, a desk if we, if we need example. it to be
4: yeah yeah Um. Uh, so yeah so and and like to say nothing of all of the brilliant performances that happen in this movie and all of the just like beautiful uh shots that we are given i hella fucks with chicago all right andy fleming yeah sef do you fucks with chicago
2: yeah. stuff. So the year is 2003, you know, that um, uh, 2002, 2003 cusps, so, you know, so of course, Sister Hazel is on the top of the charts. <laughs> um, and uh, I wish I could say that a, that a nervous, sweaty handed girl picked me up for, for a first date. Uh, but instead, I'm pretty sure I'm working at Hollywood Video when this comes out on DVD. And so mm. I take it home for the weekend, the week before it comes out. We could do that, not to brag, uh, but there, it was called pre-street. We would take them home pre-street. We'd only get to keep them 24 hours. And uh, and so I watched this. Uh, I, I remember watching it with uh, my my girlfriend at the time, Chrissy, and uh, no H in that. Uh, not that <laughs> it matters, but I just want everyone to get a good picture in their head of mm-hmm. of this woman. <laughs> it's like I'm um. And I remember watching it in her parents' living room in in two thousand three, and that it was up for all the Oscars. And I remember, like, my mom, who I never talked to about movies, but I remember my mom being upset that Richard Gere wasn't nominated for an Oscar for this. She <laughs> felt it was a snub. It's the only snub I've ever heard my mom talk about ever in my <laughs> life. And uh, and I just loved it, or at least I I thought I did. I I'm not really sure if I I I was you know it was my freshman year of college, and so I'm like learning sort of about movies in a different way and sort of being like oh i like adult movies now you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i'm like and i'm like oh they say this is good so it must be good and they say it's a comedy so it must be funny <laughs> um and uh and so i i guess i i just really enjoyed it and i enjoyed these performances and I, and i haven't for and even though i really liked it then even though i must i think i bought it on dvd i have not watched it in probably i'm going to call it 17 years uh-huh. uh until we rewatched it for this podcast so it was that's fun to, to uh to dig it up and see what we thought about it. And we're gonna dig into that, uh, with our guests today, Steph, aren't we?
4: Yeah, we are. Um, I'm gonna introduce our guests first uh he is one of chicago's shining bright stars of the stage you can find him at uh, key club at the laugh factory every month i think maybe a- every month and uh you- if you find him on the street you should just like ask him to do a backflip for you because he probably <laughs> will it's becca kenny
5: hi becca absolutely hi thank you for having me i'm so excited to chicago
2: Thank yeah, you, you, you for have, coming you have, back. Um Spider Man rules where you'll do a backflip <laughs> for anyone that ass on the street. Everybody yes. does
5: is, that, is that a rule that Spider Man has? It's like Well he does
2: he does it in the movie Spider-Man Homecoming when Zach Cherry uh asks him to do a backflip, he does a he does a flip. Is he okay, I'll have to circle back to that. Does, is he in the costume? <laughs> yeah, he's in the costume and Zach Cherry sees him, he says, Hey Spidey, do a flip and he does a flip. Okay, hell yeah. And then he goes, hell Yeah! yeah. yeah that is that is very mean yeah so that's you that's gonna that's gonna be your life now uh, let me introduce our other guest. She is a very talented uh, improviser, sketch performer uh, all around Chicago. You can catch her at The Annoyance, The I.O. She's all over the place. She's one of my favorite people. Very funny. Give it up for Lauren. Give it up. There's not an audience here. Uh, uh-huh. It's our guest, Lauren. Lauren Lonergan is <laughs> here. Hi, Lauren.
3: Hello. Thank how are you? Are you. And thank you. I'm good. Thank you for pronouncing my last name correct as well. well how do
2: people pronounce it wrong? Do they say Lonergan?
3: People uh, Lonergan, I, it's
2: Longer than. For
3: being, like, you know, an Irish last name, it really, yeah, it really stumps people. So I appreciate Interesting. that. Interesting. You.
2: Uh, <laughs> you're also known, Lauren, for your, uh, you do, uh, what's your main, uh, I would say, like, app that you that you post videos on, is it? Where do you start? TikTok, Probably, Instagram? Probably
3: uh, I- Instagram and TikTok. I post, like, the same things. But yeah, I do a lot of okay. impressions.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, Brittany, Reba. Reba.
2: Diane mm-hmm. Keaton was Diane one, right? Keaton's Diane a big Keaton. one. Uh, yes. And of course, Billy. Renee Zellweger.
3: Eilish Renee Zellweger. Yes. yes.
2: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And so we're going to be diving into that, I imagine, today. Because <laughs> yes. there, there are some points in this movie where I really need to get into Renee Zellweger's head. Yeah. She's making
4: uh, choices. And I do really feel like you're going to help us understand those for choices. For real. For real.
3: Yes. I'm but, excited. But,
2: so can I ask you for a start, Lauren? Do you fucks mm-hmm. with the movie Chicago?
3: Oh, I fucks with the movie Chicago. <laughs> I saw it in theaters. I think oh, it was wow. one of my first PG thirteen movies because uh-huh. I was thirteen,
2: wow. and I went with you. Like, have an <laughs> ID? You're like, see, sir. <laughs> yeah. i can
3: prove it. My, my parents were so like, oh, I could only see PG thirteen till I was thirteen, and I went with my friend Catherine Begley and her mom, and she burned me the soundtrack on a CD, and it uh-huh. truly, it was. I listened to it like every day. It it truly like transformed my oh, life. Oh,
2: nice! Wow. Mm-hmm. Beckett, was it a similar experience for you with movies growing up?
5: It, it was. I was not allowed to see PG-13 movies. And I remember it was like I was in fourth grade probably or like fourth or fifth grade. And me and my friends, Zara and Joey, who were sisters, they we had like watched Chicago on YouTube, like all the clips. And like mm-hmm. I was obsessed with the cell block tango. and But my mom would not allow me to watch Chicago. And then one day I was at... Zara and Zoe's house and their mom was like, You guys wanna watch Chicago? And, and normally I was like the kind of person too who would have been like, My mom doesn't let me watch that movie. But like <laughs> right. that that one I remember I kept my mouth shut. I was like, I need to see this movie. <laughs> and it was mm-hmm. such a good movie. We used to like pretend to be like Belma and Roxy. And mm-hmm. um I think it's it's been a huge uh influence. On, and I also saw it on Broadway, the one time I went oh, to Oh wow in oh. Chicago with Wendy Williams mom Mama. Oh boy. my God! <laughs> <laughs> I remember see his eyeballs all the way in the background. <laughs> and I don't think I really understood that Wendy. I was watching Wendy Williams or, or understood Wendy Williams at that time. And it wasn't until years later I was like, I "Was like, did I see Wendy Williams in Chicago?" <laughs> and I couldn't remember when we'd gone to New York, so I wanted to fact check it. And then I remembered. Cory Monteith of Glee died on the train. Uh, like wow. when I was on the train home from New York, I was like, right. "Corey Monteith died. So I looked when Corey Monteith died and then Wendy <laughs> uh-huh. Williams was in Chicago. And I'm like, oh my God, I definitely saw Wendy Williams.
2: Yeah, and two and equal was... tragedies to the musical world. She was not- <laughs> The death good. of Cory Monteith <laughs> and the casting of Wendy Williams.
5: Yes, what a wonderful intersection. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she was not, you don't remember that she could sing. No, no, I, I, I was, I was a little disappointed by the stage production. I think seeing it, um, because I loved the movie so much. Now I think I maybe would it's like it a little better. Back at,
4: I had a similar. I saw a tour of uh, Chicago at the beautiful Performing Arts Center in Appleton, Wisconsin, uh, um, <laughs> the, <A-pack. and, laughs> the pack, uh, yeah. uh, and and I rem- I had the same reaction. I was just like, I. Part of it was that I was like. I loved the movie so much. And so I was wanting it to be the movie. Um, yeah. But also it's just like, it's a very different feel to it. And so I was just like, I, I remember just being disappointed and now I'm really curious like how I would respond to it with all that space. What's, what's
5: so interesting and what I think I'd appreciate about like the the live, like musical now is that it's, it's really just like performers. Like it's, it's, it's yeah. the orchestra's on the stage, at least the production they do on Broadway. The set pieces in the movie are so huge and like everyone's in so many costume changes. And then the musical, everyone's in the same costume the whole time. Mm-hmm. Right. It's all. It's almost like a little vaudevillian. It's a lot of yeah. and, like, it's, it's very clear. And you were talking about like Brechtian and like yeah. it's very clear in the musical that it's a show the whole time. There's not, it's not like an immersive experience I would okay. say. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, which, it's interesting how the movie played with that. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I,
2: I love the way the movie plays with it because, you know, fa- I, like Phantom of the Opera as a live show to me is a little frustrating because there are all these numbers that are just musical numbers. Even in the world of the play, they are the actors performing a musical number, but they're not interesting or related to the plot to me. <laughs> yeah. But like this at least has all these things tied into the plot and like taking these wild turns. Uh, and so, I, yeah, I do like that aspect of it. And I would be, I kept asking Steph cause she said she had seen a live performance of it. I'd be like, oh, well, how did they do this? How did they do this? She was like, I honestly don't remember.
5: Um, so. I, so much of it, like, like the cell block tango, like I thought that on Broadway it would be like these, this huge like jail cell and they'd be dancing in the cages like they are in the movie. And it's just, they're all on chairs and that's uh-huh. it. They're just all uh-huh. on chairs, like singing to each other. <laughs> Um, there are a few songs that are cut from the, the, uh, musical that didn't end up in the movie. Um, but it's, it's a very like, um, it's like cabaret. Yeah. It's it's like cabaret. It's, it's very, um, and, and like, it's so interesting too, because I would say like the Chicago, like the, the musical, it's very much like stand-upy almost too, like where like if I feel like a perform like in some plays or musicals, like if a performer talked to like the audience, I feel like it would feel weird. But like in Chicago, that that like line between the audience and like the performers is not clear. Because everything's like another signature
3: brechtian yeah.
5: Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah.
3: aspect. Yeah. yeah. I feel like also like given the type of D list celebs that are kind of plugged in to that yeah. show. I I have to imagine that it has to be pretty simple. Like right. not to yeah. really deduce, like not to diss it, but it's just like, okay, if we're getting, you know, Lisa Renna and Erica Jane and you know, Wendy Williams, it has mm-hmm. to be like, I would assume, very kind of straightforward and uh,
5: the dancing yeah. seems like the hardest part. Yes, which is yeah. so interesting too, because um, you know they, they they'll. They, I think what the, like I, I've also been really interested in like the Broadway production recently, and there's this video on YouTube I'm obsessed with, which I tried to get Andy and Steph to watch. We did, I, just watched. You it. did. We, we watched it just, we watched watch it just before it. we yeah. started yeah. recording.
2: Yeah, I don't have an official. I have some thoughts. Uh, th- so okay. Beckett sent us a video of nine different Roxy
5: Hearts, Lauren. Yes, Lauren, I'd love to hear your <laughs> opinions as well. It's like yeah. they're all doing one monologue, and it's so interesting to me because like there's so many different choices going uh-huh. on, and it's uh-huh. it's
4: none
2: of the singing; it's only the acting.
5: It's yeah. Like, uh, yeah, and
4: it's like the lead up to Roxy, Roxy Heart. So song. it's like it's like this little like distillation of like
5: who's this know character? Something? Yeah, I always wow. wanted my name in the paper.
2: And, like, it starts with Melanie Griffith, who's not bad, and, like, Sandy Duncan, who's not bad. Uh, but then, like, apparently B.B. Newirth took on Roxy, and that's not great. <laughs> I, like, do, I hate B.B. Newirth's take on it. She's doing, like, a Gilda Radner character, because, like, B.B. Newirth has so much sex appeal and charisma, and she's, so to play Roxy, she's, like, putting on a little nasally voice and
5: doing, uh, oh what she's like, like do? covering
4: up all of her, her, like, inner Velma.
5: Yeah. And then Lisa Rinna... Uh, is, like, not acting at all, but she has the best bit with the orchestra. Yeah, Uh which no one else uh gets, and I was like, oh, this is funny, but that's not
2: her idea. I feel like it could have been. She hands the newspaper to the 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 orchestra leader and then takes his baton and starts, like, conducting the orchestra into a wild drum solo, which is a very fun bit, but the rest of her acting is bad.
3: Does Lisa Renna have the Lisa Renna haircut as Roxy yes. Hart? Yeah. Yes. Okay. No no edits. It's
4: just the Lisa Renna. And like her Girl. costume is uh like very hot. Like her like her boobs are like out. Um so yeah. like it looks she just looks like someone was like, Hey, let's put Lisa Renna in a play. And it's yeah. whatever you picture, <laughs> it's
5: exactly that. it's also like I think a show that like um doesn't demand I feel like really it it demands the most of you as an actor and performer um they say that Velma is a very dance heavy role but like the role of Roxy is like which is why I think that they put like the Lisa Rennes on like a a Roxy I mean it's so interesting listening to like the Broadway recordings because the Roxy and Velma have like very like husky like like you know like a a kind of an extinct Mm -hmm. Broadway voice Mm -hmm, of just like the tux singing squeaky, like super expressive, but not that great at technically singing. Uh, right.
2: <laughs> like maybe Beanie Feltz seems to take up smoking. Yes, yes, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um. Well, we're not totally here to talk about the play Chicago. We're here to talk about right, the movie keep- Chicago. And to do that, we have to talk about the play Chicago. So... <laughs> Um, let's, let, let me, let me jump into my history. Is that all right? Do you guys have yeah, something please. else you want to get on? All right. Um, so it's the 1920s, right? The early 1920s. And there's these several high profile cases in Chicago that involve women killing their lovers or husbands and a long string of acquittals by county juries of female murderers because juries at the time were all male and convicted murderers generally got the death sentence. And so all these women were going up for murder and then just being acquitted because they were like, we can't kill a woman. And then they would, you know, which is a weird form of progress that we now kill women. (laughs) Um, And so it starts to be said that in Chicago, attractive women could not be convicted. And so then there's a writer for the Tribune, the Chicago Tribune, of course, uh, Maureen Dallas Watkins. And uh, she writes a play in 1927 uh, based on her newspaper reporting of the uh, trials of Beulah Anand and Belva Gartner uh, that she's writing for the Chicago Tribune. And then she, yeah, she writes a play. Uh, so let's talk about these two women, Beulah Anand and Belva Gardner. Beulah Anand, the, the model for Roxy, was 23 when she was accused of the murder of Harry Calstet. The Tribune reported that Anand played the Foxtrot record Hula Lou over and over for two hours before calling her husband to say she killed a man who tried to make love to her. I wonder if she can still hear that song. <laughs> uh her husband albert was an auto mechanic who bankrupted himself to defend his wife only for her to publicly dump him the day after she was acquitted harsh like how do you publicly right dump someone she did it i by mean i and broke up with someone at her. a Dan cook concert once but i don't know if that's the same thing <laughs> um valma kelly uh is based on gartner who was a cabaret singer and a society divorcee i i don't know what those two words mean next to each other like that <laughs> a society it, divorcee like that like it's like it's our
3: job
4: no like uh like a liz taylor like we didn't have liz taylor to like refer to as like a pro as like an archetype and sure. so i think that's like the words for that
2: All right. so the body of Walter Law was discovered slumped over the steering wheel of her abandoned car, March 12th, 1924. Two police officers testified that they had seen a woman getting into the car and shortly thereafter heard gunshots. So that's who Velma is based on. And just days apart, separate juries acquitted both women. Uh, But this reporter, uh, Maureen Watkins, her uh, sensational columns about these trials proved so popular that she wrote the play. It's mounted on Broadway in, excuse me, 1926. And then Cecil B. DeMille produces a silent film version in 1927. Uh, It's later remade as Roxy Hart in 1942, starring Ginger Rogers. But in this version, Roxy was accused of murder without having actually committed it because of content restrictions on Hollywood films of the era. Uh, so then we jump to the sixties. It's the 1960s and Gwen Verdon reads the play and asks her husband, Bob Fosse, about the possibility of creating a musical adaptation. Uh, he goes to Watkins who wrote the original play numerous times to buy the rights, but she repeatedly declines. By this point, she may have regretted that Anon and Gartner had been allowed to walk free and that her treatment of them should not have been glamorized. So maybe she has some regrets and because of that does not want to give the movie rights away or the play rights, the musical rights. But it doesn't matter because she dies in 1969 and her estate just immediately sells the rights (laughs) to uh, producer Richard Fryer, Verdon, and Bob Fosse. John Kander and Fred Ebb write the musical score. They model each number on a traditional vaudeville song or a vaudeville performer to make explicit the show's comparison between justice, show business, and contemporary society. So I, I guess if I would have had sort of that background going in, I would sort of... It's not until the end that you sort of really understand what this is about, and it's about mm-hmm. the sort of sensational journalism and and how these it's sort of about the the celebrity murderer like in the birth of that i think and yeah, how that comes to be in the press
4: there's a line um toward the end when like Roxy is being especially annoying to Billy and he's like you're nothing you are a flash in the pan and they're all going to be excited about something else tomorrow yeah. uh and like i feel like that is the really um, heart of it is that like what what we want as a media is sensation. And as long as you are feeding us sensation, then we will love you. And as soon as you stop, we just it's not that we'll hate you. It's just that we don't care.
2: Right. And so by making these girls actual entertainers, like then there's this whole uh, sort of yeah thing at play. Obviously, I, some would call it Brechtian. This thing at play uh, <laughs> where uh, you know the show business represents, or that da- sort of the the press, coverage of their murders represents show business. It's, yeah, exactly. You guys get it. Um, that's
5: where we get the cool Lucy Lou cameo too. Yes, she, like, she's she's gonna be the new Roxy for a second, right. oh, and then yeah. and that's when she gets pregnant. Right. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah. Gets pregnant. Quote unquote. Um, It's worth mentioning though that this play when it goes up it's nominated for 10 Tonys and it wins none of them because the show had opened the same year as A Chorus Line yeah which beat out Chicago in both ticket sales and at the Tonys and Mm. Chicago is actually on the verge of closing when it runs into another setback Gwen Verdon had to have surgery on nodes in her throat after inhaling a feather during the show's finale
0: Isn't
2: that a nightmare?
4: Yeah that really <laughs> makes like, me want to no, watch no, that no, show.
5: Fosse that, that
2: specific Fosse Verdon. Oh, oh, I thought I, you meant like, that. Yeah, the, I thought you meant the night of Chicago that she
5: inhaled. <laughs> <leather>. <laughs> <laughs> then Liza comes in and saves the show.
2: Yeah, Liza comes in to replace her and saves the show. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so then there's the revival in 1996 where BB Newirth is Velma. And uh, this is the first time that like everyone actually really likes Chicago. It sets a record for Tony wins by a revival, which it would hold for 12 years until South Pacific in 2008. So Bob Fosse, who we often forget is an Academy Award winning film director. Like he won an Academy Award for directing Cabaret and was nominated two other times for Lenny and for um, All That
0: Jazz.
2: All That Jazz. And he's planning to make a film of Chicago when he dies. They had announced even that Goldie Hawn, Liza Minnelli, and Frank Sinatra we're going to be the three leads. Wow. Uh, it's so interesting.
5: I, so I'm guessing Goldie would have been Velma in this yeah. scenario. Maybe, I guess. I could see her because Roxy. Because Liza played Roxy on
2: Broadway. I guess that makes sense. I, I can see Liza it, doing it, either, honestly. Yeah,
4: I Liza does. Goldie
3: Han's so much younger than that. Yeah, them. but also, yeah.
4: like, can you imagine Goldie Hawn, like, being, like, flighty and innocent looking? Like, she, I feel like all she is is that sort of, like, interior yeah. self-possessed confidence
2: that's true got that floozy energy <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah exactly
2: <laughs> um but so Fosse dies in 1987 so the movie never really comes to pass and i'm not sure quite how but miramax and harvey weinstein get their grubby little mitts on this and rob marshall gets involved to direct and this like i said it's his first movie uh he was originally considered to direct the film of rent and he comes to them to meet about rent But then when he comes in for that meeting, he tells Miramax that he wants to talk about Chicago instead, and he proposes the musical and Roxy's mind thing. So that's all Rob Marshall that comes up with that idea. And Miramax loves it so much that they put rent on the back burner. They don't make it for another three years. And they hire Rob Marshall to make Chicago. Uh, They bring in Charlize Theron, and they cast her as Roxy. And then she is cut by Rob Marshall. Yeah. I know. She has a dance background, apparently. That is insane. I'm just, that probably would have been pretty good.
3: Yeah, I could see it. I could Catherine see
2: it Zeta too. Jo- Zeta, Zeta Jones, she's cast, uh, and she insists on the the bob haircut herself, which was apparently because she didn't want all of her hair oh, to go hell. in her face, and then people would say that's not her dancing. Uh, Rob Marshall really, really wants Michael Jackson to play Billy Flynn.
5: <gasps> <gasps> this is <laughs> that would have been so. Past the time. I know. I know. I This know. is too. It's, it's like I granted, wish like we could see this. No. Like he, like the, all that like stuff is about to like really a, like a explode
2: like the test. next year, but yes. yeah, Well, so I never, I don't like saying this, but thank God for Harvey Weinstein because Harvey Weinstein talks him out of that, uh, and he says, uh, well, so Billy <laughs> Flynn is also <laughs> 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 Billy Flynn is also offered to John Travolta three times by Harvey Weinstein, but the he, but Travolta he refuses to even meet up with the director because he thinks the he thinks the film is all about women hating men, and he's
5: like, i do not know that. I I do think John Travolta actually could have been a good pick for it Uh I think think so
0: too
5: I don't Um, love Richard Gere
2: in this movie I don't know what it is but I think that he's
5: one of probably the weakest one of like the the main four like I would say of like I think um Catherine Zeta-Jones is the one who definitely I feel like feels most in it to me
2: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I love I love Zellweger in this. I think I think that she's incredible. Actually, I think she's doing so many little things. She's really good too. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And Christine Bransky. Of oh my course. God. Oh, don't forget about her.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, should I jump into the here? All right. Since we brought her up, I do have a short audio clip I want to play of Christine Bransky. Maybe you guys have heard this, but this is her. Do you want to do want to introduce it, Steph?
4: Yeah. So, like, I, I think this is Christine Bransky's premiere on this hour podcast, and like. The way that all of our faces just lit up when we just, when Lauren just, like, says the words Christine Baranski is, I think, like, how the energy that she exudes. And I cannot wait to talk about her Mamma Mia performance. But <laughs> I, she's just an incredible performer. And there's this video that went around a couple of years ago of an, of... um. It was when we were all talking about when we all discovered Big Dick Energy um, and a reporter on uh, a red carpet for, like, maybe it's the the Mamma Mia sequel or something asks Christine Baranski. She says, hey, like, people think that you have Big Dick Energy. Here, let's listen. Strange
5: question. Big Dick Energy. Have not heard of it and that people are saying that you have it? That I have what? Big Dick Energy. People are saying that you have an abundance. They're putting you up as the poster
0: child
2: Big dick energy? Is that a new saying? Just tell me it's a good thing. Okay, then I'll take it.
3: Do you have any idea what you think it might mean? My energy? Big dick energy? uh, Staying power? Passion? uh, Full of life? Ready to explode?
2: All right, there it is. (laughs) So there's Christine Baranski talking about her Nathan. big big energy and even more ironic uh, phrase, considering uh, that this part, actually, Mary Sunshine uh, was originally played by a drag queen on stage. And it was like not revealed until the second act that Mary Sunshine was actually a man. Yeah. Um, I was they reading- still do that.
4: Yeah, we were talking about this cool. earlier, and I found um, an interview with David Sabella, who was uh, Mary Sunshine for a while, and he talked about how when they made, he was the, he was the Mary Sunshine in, like, the revival in 96, um, and he talked about when they made the movie that they didn't make that choice, and he was like, and it's great because then audiences aren't expecting it, and, like, they think that they come in knowing oh, yeah. anything, but, like, still we get this, like, little reveal moment.
2: Uh, Christine Baranski said that uh, she felt bad that she took away a role from a drag queen so she decided in her mind that the character was gay and she was like that was my that was my actor's secret was I was a 20s lesbian.
0: Well, um, all
2: right. I just have a few more things before uh, just about the making of the movie that I want to get into which is that the studio really wants Britney Spears in the movie uh, possibly as Kitty. I think they really want her for Kitty, the Lucy Liu role uh, but it never That would have been a good
5: cameo uh-huh. It wouldn't oh, have been
4: bad. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. Beyonce is desperate to play Mama Morton
4: Interesting
2: Interesting. <laughs> allegedly she and her manager are calling and begging the producer saying that she'll work for Scale but they eventually decide that she's too young Rob Marshall's number one choice for Mama Morton is Kathy Bates, which is not bad. I mean, yeah. and then, yeah, then I, I guess like if it.
4: you have yeah. a Venn diagram of Beyonce and Kathy Bates, and Green- in the <laughs> middle is Queen Latifah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
5: That is true. That is true.
3: <laughs> that really is.
5: <laughs> I also heard that they wanted Madonna for Velma. Belma. Yeah, oh. I'll be honest.
2: I, I tend to scroll past a lot of the like because, like, if you let it, like, you'll, spend, you'll spend half yeah. your day reading who they considered for roles on IMDb. and But I did hear Madonna. And, but the Kathy Bates one is interesting, too, because she turns it down. And then she and Queen Latifah are both nominated against each other for Best Supporting Actress. Uh, Which, what here.
5: a humiliating role for Kathy Bates to be nominated for. Yeah. for For a Bauschmat? Yeah. <laughs> she should... I mean, that's... That's sad for the the parts that women <laughs> had to do back then because that's not an Oscar, and it's not Kathy's fault. But like, yeah, the, her whole big thing is that she's naked in that movie, right? Yeah, yeah.
2: So yeah, it's uh, and it's we do need to mention though that this kicks off like the Latifasans. I was of the just going to
4: say, is this our like, first like? Yeah, because she's going to do moment. like bringing
2: down the house right after this with Steve okay. Martin, and then like Taxi with Jimmy Fallon. Uh she's like going to become like a huge star in the arts like off the back of this movie. Yeah. And she's going she's also going to release it's worth mentioning uh an album called The Dana Owens album which is a jazz album that she made that's great. I used to for uh my college uh radio station was a jazz station so i used to dj at a jazz station in college and i used to play queen latifah's dana owens album all the time her voice sounds great she does a cover of california dreamin that's incredible uh i recommend that album to everybody
4: justice for dana owens
2: long live latifah uh this film is nominated for 12 oscars it wins best picture supporting actress for czj uh art direction costume design editing and sound it loses, you know. They did a, an original song, an Oscar grab song for I, "I Move On." It plays over the credits here, and it loses best original song. Anyone know to what? Mm. Um, Something memorable. Two thousand three Oscars. Two
3: thousand
2: three. Uh huh. Chicago. wins so What did you year? say, Lauren?
3: Uh, it's original song.
2: It's an original song. It is a rap song. One of the one of the few rap songs to win. Oh Oscar.
3: oh, Eminem I- from Eight Miles.
2: It is Eminem's Lose Yourself okay. from 8 uh, Oh,
3: okay. I didn't yeah. know that for the
2: movie. Definitely a more yeah. memorable song. Definitely, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. like one of the great Oscar winning songs. I honestly believe that in my heart. That like um, Lose Yourself is one of the great Oscar winning songs.
5: If, if, if Chicago could throw in some of its A-list material, you know, uh-huh. maybe be competitive. But like,
0: uh-huh.
5: I don't think the credit end credit song is uh, going to be Eminem this mm-hmm. time around. Not this mm-hmm. time around. <laughs>
2: Uh, this movie makes $306 million worldwide. It's, it's at that time a record for a live action musical. It's going to stand until the release of Mamma Mia. So Baranski just collecting checks. <laughs> um, and this movie is like thought to have revived the movie musical along with Moulin Rouge. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I mean, it's something that so something we do when we plan out this podcast a lot is we try not to like put too many movies from the same time period after each other. And the 2000s is what we are always trying to avoid because there are 1,000 musicals from the 2000s. Like, it really all starts happening in the 2000s. There's mm-hmm. almost nothing in the 90s, like, except Disney movies and newsies. Um, and so <laughs> and so, this is, like, really going to kick things off and, like, sort of the movie musical is back at this point. Hey,
4: I just want to throw this in. We do get a cameo from a newsie in this movie. And I just want to shout out the the little newsy at the end. Oh, too, and you're not, cause... you're not,
2: you don't mean Christian Bale. You mean the guy who throws the newspapers <laughs> no, out? No,
4: I mean un-newsy, yeah. <laughs> yeah oh.
2: okay. there is, like, that's <laughs> when they have, and this is how newspapers work. He has a bunch of newspapers that say guilty and a bunch of newspapers that say innocent. And when they call mm-hmm. out the window, he sells the innocent ones. And then, you know this, he shifts the guilty ones off to kids in Africa.
5: <laughs> it's like the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. exactly
2: like the Super Bowl. This, sure.
5: Yeah. That was a cute detail
2: and so uh yeah i mean this so like rob marshall is gonna keep doing musicals he does nine into the woods mary poppins returns and the movie we're covering on next week's episode which we'll say a little later uh bill condon the writer is going to go on to direct musicals like dream girls the beauty and the beauty and the beast remake and the best twilight movie which is not a musical but he does direct the best twilight movie
5: (laughs) speaking of dream girls really quick going with uh beyonce Uh okay Apparently Whitney Houston so there was a long time of talks of doing like a Dreamgirls with Whitney Houston. Of course Whitney Houston can't play the big girl role because you know she's gorgeous, she looks like a model. Right. And she but she wanted to play the like the Beyoncé part, the Diana Ross part, mm-hmm. but then have the song And I Am Telling You. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it. that's such a hilarious like, deal. I want to be the uh-huh. only one, but have the best song also, and uh-huh. you know, take every, literally take everything from a, a you know right. super <laughs> Wow! Wow! This that's is okay. Hilarious. Sort
2: of the the really the last thing I want to say about the pre production of this movie is that the producer of this movie, Martin Richards, approaches Catherine Zeta Jones about appearing in this movie after being wowed by her renditions of Christmas carols at a family Christmas party in Bermuda. At her and Michael Douglas's home, uh, so he approaches her for the role of Roxy Hart. But Zeta Jones, she's not really familiar with the show, but she she knows the song "All That Jazz" and she really wants to sing it. So she's like, "No, I want to play Velma," and that's how she ends up as Velma.
4: Wow, interesting. That's because she feels yeah. so uh, like what. She is the one character who feels like she is like inhabiting Velma Kelly.
5: Yeah. Oh
4: yeah, she is embodied. Yeah. Certainly. I also
5: feel like um to. For Velma, you need to find somebody who could embody her. I feel like with honestly, you could take Roxy in so many different directions. Like yeah, sure. um, yeah, and, yeah, that's, yeah. and nine Roxys, I mean, not to come back, to this, but like um, like some of the Roxy's, it feels like they're in on it, like they're kind of orchestrating it. Some of them feel like they're just genuinely excited to be getting this attention. Some of them, you know, it's a mix, some of them are dumb, some of them seem smart. Um Well, I was gonna say, how do you feel like Renee plays it? I guess I would say Renee's pretty. She seems pretty um, innocent. I would say throughout, like there was, there, she's like has an innocent facade, and then she has like the kind of moments underneath of like her trying to. You can see like trying to find a new way to get attention and to get to the next uh-huh. thing. Right. Um, I think Renee is 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 great in this role, and I think that this is probably the role that she will be known for forever. I, I don't
4: like you think more than like a Bridget Jones? Oh, Bridget Jones might be. Well, no, but but yeah. I really I was thinking when we were watching it how like this is right after Bridget Jones and it's not like it is not immediately recognizable that this is the same performer in like No. It, yeah. It,
0: no. it is in no. that
4: like I'm not I'm not like forgetting that it's Renée Zellweger, but like they are very different. They're coming from very different places and, like, ending up in very different places.
5: Completely different. It it, it shows um, her, her range. Like, she's going to she win an Oscar her. the next year for Cold
2: Mountain. And, like, nobody right. thinks about Cold Mountain ever, let right. alone... Well, the,
5: she has two Oscars for I know, two movies yeah. that no one gives a shit about. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, so... Um, but she's definitely a like great she... actor.
3: Sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, I feel like Chicago really she was like, okay, I love 1920s, because she did Cinderella Man, Uh and basically, it was just, she does have that look, I don't know, she's like, I like this hairstyle, (laughs) I like talking like this, and it was almost like, she was kind of doing it again, from like, what I remember, of just like, and then I was like, oh, maybe she's kind of a period actor, but like, specifically 1920s, because she just (laughs) has that look. But, but like when you famous. watch like
2: when you watch Empire Records or Jerry Maguire, like she doesn't see him out of place in there either, but that's right. also the nineties. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and the nineties are not unlike the twenties in that like, you know
3: Exactly.
2: Know. Yeah. The it feels like the roles for women in movies were about as
5: strong as they were in the twenties and the nineties, <laughs> you know what I mean?
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
5: I would say the only the only one who I think I know for sure somebody else I think could have done a bad better job is Richard Gere. I do think I do mm-hmm. think I agree with that. I I think. I I think Queen Latifah is great. I think Catherine Zeta-Jones, Christine Baranski, all of them nail it. And he's the only one that I would not nominate for an Oscar.
4: I'm gonna. I I agree that he does not need a nomination. But I guess I'm gonna take the like the one person who stands up for his performance because I do think that he is like perfectly serviceable. I think and like he, he has is a couple. I have I I both like want to punch him and want to like make him do another tap dance you know (laughs) and I think a lot of that is directing but
5: still he also like he's charming and he he does a good job he's just like I feel like the role of Billy Flynn could could be such a huge role and like such Mm -hmm. like a meaty Mm -hmm. like you know you know savvy like quick talking like there's so many ways to take it and He's just very much. He feels like a like a cute guy. Yeah.
4: Yeah. He's it's very uh, he's very understated in a place charm. where he does not need to be.
5: I, I'm also famously anti understatement and real. <laughs> I, I I famously hate subtlety. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, but and like they,
2: it's not like this movie is subtle in general. Yeah. This is a pretty on the nose movie, and so I think yeah. they just went with the name. It's something about his singing performance. like his acting performance is great because he has all that charm. But it's his singing performance is just like nothing special.
4: I, which okay. can be
2: fine sometimes. Yeah.
4: This movie does, I was realizing as we like watched it in two times in quick succession, like it does a great job of covering up the fact that a lot of the singing performances are only okay. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
5: Yeah. And
4: like, and like it makes it, and like a little bit with the dancing too, like when you have like, You have, like, Catherine Zeta-Jones and Maya in the Cell Block Tango, where it's all of these dancers doing, like, incredible Fosse dancing. And, like, they do a good job of, like, helping you not notice that they are not doing that dancing. Because, like, the camera work is, like, flashing around and they're, like, inserting them from the waist up in times. And then also, like, they're doing... And then also on top of that, like, there is they are doing dancing that is, like, pretty good. And I feel like that's also Richard Gere. Mm -hmm. Like, he's, like, he's doing singing that is, like, pretty good enough. But, like, there's, like, great instrumentation around him. So you kind of just forget that it's just pretty good.
5: Speaking of the cell block tango, that is really, I think, probably my favorite scene in the movie of, like, and I think one of the most, like, um, the song is so funny. It is really (laughs) He fell into my knife. He fell into my knife tent. Yes. Like that cracked me up as a kid. And I, I, um, uh, all of those, I, and like, we would, we would be in a car and we would be choosing which one we were to like sing the mm-hmm. cell block tango. And um, it it, on it, the Hungarian I, I girl he really knows that song too. I feel like even people who don't mm-hmm. know the musical know like cell block tango and all that jazz. Poor
1: Maya.
2: Uh, Maya has to follow Catherine Zeta-Jones in the Cell Block Tango (laughs) and it's just like you're following this Oscar winning performance and she's like the star of the show and then they're gonna put Maya after her how did this song get arranged
3: (laughs) yeah she also was like she was in Moulin well she did the song for Moulin Rouge Uh so I feel like she was trying to get into that world
5: Yeah, because she
3: wasn't a top pop girly so she was like all right, maybe this is my way in
5: it's hard when you're overshadowed in two group numbers in a row. Yeah, yeah. Two big woman group numbers in yeah. a row. Iconic, yeah. Big, yeah. I, I also love the opening scene of like, I she's love running the to get her this blood. Yes. Love it, running to get like the blood yeah. off her hand. Yes. She's,
3: like, she's like, I'll
4: be on stage. Like, don't worry about, you know, like. She I, says, don't sweat it. I can do it alone, which is yeah, like. Oh,
5: yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, I remember I wrote a short story in like, middle school that was like based on this and in it like somebody threw a snowball at somebody and like i was trying to recreate that scene like in the short story of like her washing the snow off her hands. <laughs> <as> <laughs> that's very funny i'm obsessed with moments in like theater and outside of like people having done just been in a really stressful situation like found out like they're getting a divorce or like have you guys seen the katie perry documentary not no. yet.
3: Yes, there's, I know what you're yeah, talking about.
5: You know what I'm talking about. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like, there's this moment where Katie's about to, like, uh, get, get, finds out she's getting a divorce from Russell Brand, and she's, like, crying and devastated, and they're like, do we need to cancel the show? And she's, like, sobbing, and then right before she goes out on stage, she, like, puts on the smile and then goes out. <laughs> and those moments are so good to me. And I feel like also really goes with the theme of this show.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah.
5: Um of like performance and how you like look and seem being the most important.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think about that when I watch their faces the whole time, because that's the thing about dancing is that you also have to be smiling (laughs) and like, and especially during that last number, when they're doing all those steps, they're also doing so many great facials, both of them. Uh, And it's just, it's just so interesting to watch them and watch them be in control
5: of that that's the final scene is the biggest scene I would say where they cover up the dancing for Renee and Catherine, because if you watch the, if you watch the scene again, there's a lot of Cutting, and then it's just them like
0: yeah, exactly yeah.
5: Each other, shimmy, <laughs> shaking, uh-huh. and they're not really. And they're like, but they're not ever. It's like close ups, middle back up and it's like oh, a fireworks. Yeah. And it's like
4: And then and there's like <laughs> one sequence that they that they really nail, and yeah, like they, yeah, they, they exactly. could like do all of their concentrating on like nailing this one eight bar. And then it's
2: like, oh, they're doing a cartwheel. Cut to an ultra wide shot. Yeah. Okay, now cut back. <laughs>
5: do you guys feel like more of a Velma or a Roxy? Or another character. Mm.
2: I think at this point in my career, I'm a Velma.
4: I feel like I'm like um, the the Selbach Tango girl who uh, murders the dude for popping his gum. Like, just sort of like I'm just like over it, <laughs> yeah. and I know what I want, <laughs> and like I'll I'll do it, and that's fine. I feel like Velma.
2: Really? Yeah, I think
3: I always identified with her more. She just is sort of the ringleader like she's the cousin that's organizing you know the play to do in front of the parents. You know she's get <laughs> a look at a show going blah, blah 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 like and she just I I like grew up dancing and I to me as a kid she and even when I like rewatched it I was like she really is a good dancer. Like she yeah. just has yeah. she's not just doing the steps, she's really uh, like making it her own and and she's very captivating and it she's was like shocked.
4: that's who i yeah. want to be you can't stop looking at her
3: yeah and i remember singing like the opening song and not till i was older i was like oh i was like singing about sex like wolfie and, like, <laughs> i was like i didn't know what any of that was in like in all that jazz and yeah so yeah i i, I identify with her
5: for sure
2: i like does she come from dance was she doing dance in wales
5: so there is another video, because I also had the, the DVD of Chicago with, like, the featurettes uh-huh, yeah. and stuff. Uh-huh. But, like, they talked about the Christmas caroling, and then there's another old video of, like, Catherine Zeta-Jones in this, like, huge theatrical production. And she's, like, doing, like, can-can moves, basically, and, like, lots of high kicks. So she definitely okay. does have a kind of intense dance background. Yeah. And she was pregnant during this movie. And they had a hard time... Wild. Wow. During, like, uh, I Can't Do It Alone, when she's, like, doing all the cartwheels and, like, the big moves, apparently she was, like, early stages of pregnancy, and they had to work around that a lot, which is extra insane.
2: Can I talk about how there was a big dispute about billing with this movie between Renee Zellweger and Catherine Zeta-Jones where like both Ooh. of them thought they're the star of the movie. It's wild to me that Catherine Zeta-Jones would think she's the star of the movie. Like she literally wins a Best Supporting Actress nomination <laughs> and then, like she has one solo mm-hmm. compared to however many Roxy has.
5: She has two solos and uh, I would an Opening say,
2: number is technically a solo, yeah.
5: I, I would say that um, it's kind of the same thing as Sex in the City where it's like Kim Control's arguing for more money, and Sarah Jessica Parker's like, I'm the movie star. And it's like, yeah, is Sarah Jessica Parker definitely the star of Sex and the City? Yeah. But I feel like Catherine Zeta-Jones is like the Samantha of Chicago. Do you know what I mean? Where yeah. like
0: mm-hmm.
5: you, right. She's more of like, I feel like the core of this movie, just a little bit more.
4: It's not going to um, work without her. We're going to no. have, and just like that, if she's
2: not
0: there.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She <laughs> simply
3: cannot do it alone. Yeah. yeah. But so they they fixed
2: it with this weird thing where, like, the billing goes, like, it's like Renee Zellweger here, and then Richard Gere in the middle, and then high on the right above Zellweger, but technically after her is Catherine Zeta-Jones.
5: Was she a famous enough star, yeah. to kind of pull her weight around like that?
2: Uh, Like, we had just fallen in love with her in Entrapment where she's bending around through all those lasers, you know, trying to get through the lasers. And that was, uh-huh. big, that was a big moment for boys of my age. But um...
5: I feel like Catherine Zeta-Jones too is one of those stars who I, I feel like is a huge movie star. And then I'll kind of be like, but mm-hmm. she's only been in like a few things that I actually yeah. know, you know? Yeah. I think
4: some of that is that she has this, she like, she sort of like hits her, she's sort of starting to rise moment. And then she yeah. gets to Chicago, and that's all like, and then she's like, cool, I'm there now. Mm-hmm. I can skate off of this for forever. Like,
2: Traffic is the year before this, I think. And, uh, uh, which I think she's Zorro? just a little bit in, but Zorro is, is definitely the late 90s. Uh, uh-huh. um, so high yeah, fidelity is somewhere. Somewhere high fidelity is right 99 here. i think yeah. yeah and the haunting of hill house uh that she's in. oh yeah which is maybe just yeah. called the haunting or the or called the hot ha- it's it's there were like three movies that came out at the same time in 19 in like 2000 that were called like the haunting of hill house mm-hmm. and like the house on haunted hill and like the hill where houses are haunted <laughs> um
4: really like belabor it at the end there
2: the uh, okay so this is something i pulled um this is H- hunyak which is the uh hungarian girl apparently first of all hunyak is not really her name it's actually a derogatory term for hungarian people so i apologize uh to all the hungarian yeah. listeners um but i was wondering uh, where
5: those slurs were that you talked about,
2: <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> we'll where about those slurs hiding? well There's... she also Renee alweger calls
5: richard gira mick at one point too Andy, don't, are you serious for real right now? Are you for real right now? That's kind of my culture actually, so, Jesus. Jesus, you'd think you think people would be better. Hearing I all this I... anti-Italian and anti-Irish hatred going around. People are getting Not... hating on the fags. <laughs> Meatball Ron, now this. What is Meatball Ron? That's Trump, one of Trump's nicknames for Ron DeSantis, Meatball Ron.
2: Oh, oh my Ron. No. God! <laughs> now that's anti-Italian.
3: <laughs> He's stretching. That is wow. He refreshing.
2: is stretching. Oh, God. oh, my oh God. God, I hate how funny that is. Okay, <laughs> um, so this is this is Hunyak's uh, uh, monologue during the Saw Block Tango, translated. Okay, she says, "How did I find myself here? They say my famous." lover held down my husband and i cut his head off but it's not true i am innocent i don't know why uncle sam says i did it i tried to explain at the police station but they did not understand yeah but did you do it
0: uh-uh.
2: Uh-uh. Uh no, Uh cool. and then she has the white flag which i do love i really like they all pull oh, red yeah. handkerchiefs like it could just be blood it's a movie but they all pull red oh, handkerchiefs it's very brechtian they pull red it. handkerchiefs out of it, out of all the, the victims and then she pulls a white flag because she's innocent the scene oh, I really nice. do
5: love that they added in the movie too, that is not really in the musical at all, is her being the only one who actually gets like, uh
4: huh. Her little and like yeah. having
5: that moment where the hanging is her walking. It's like, her like ballet, uh-huh. and she
4: like does a little disappearing like... act from a platform, and oh
3: yeah.
4: yeah, that That actress must be a ballet dancer, like because her like her moment in the Selvage Tango is very ballet heavy. Um, yeah,
2: yeah. She's apparently Russian and uh, and even native Hungarian speakers can't really understand her because oh, she's, she's speaking Hungarian it. with a
5: Russian accent. <laughs> Interesting. Oh. But it sounds right for us. It, it sounds, sounds right, right <laughs> for us. <laughs> and that's but, what uh, matters. It reminds me of this, uh, in competitive speech, there was this girl, her name was Mariana, and she did a DI where she was, this is, this is even more like intense, but like she did a, where she was like a, a factory worker for like Adidas I believe or Nike or something who couldn't speak English so the whole uh, so the whole speech she just spoke in like Spanish uh-huh. and like her intro was talking about how like this is how people in like these situations feel they don't feel like they're able to communicate like their woes with with people and like you're not going to be able to understand me throughout this performance which is how. You know, like these factory workers feel, mm. but you could definitely tell what she was doing. It was very, um, very powerful. And it kind of reminds me of that. Um, mm. Sounds very Brechtian. This is I, this is in my Word a Day
2: calendar today, so I'm just using it <laughs> everywhere. You know, I love Brechtian. I'm
5: gonna be, I'm gonna be throwing that out there. Like
2: it. <laughs> Can we talk about John C. Riley? We haven't really talked about him, but he's he's nominated for his only Oscar for this movie, and I still wow. think it's him at like 40 percent power.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah, like, even
2: when he's doing Mr. Sullivan, I'm like, if he did that now, he would. You would see so much more in it. I think.
3: Yeah, I'm not a huge John C. Riley fan, and that's. Do just, you say like, you are? Or you personal... are. I'm not. I don't know why I. I don't. I guess I like him in some things. The thing I do think he's good in this role because he's got the face of someone from that time. He's got the yeah. vibe in the face. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very believable, and he's kind of pathetic in it. And you're kind of yeah. like you're not, and that's good because you're supposed to be on Roxy's side. And you're like, yeah, I would cheat on him too. He's lame. So I mean,
2: he's he, he <laughs> kind of like the only sympathetic character in the movie, though. Like Roxy's a True. murderer, and True. Velma's a murderer, and Mama sucks, and Billy sucks, and like yeah. there's there's no one actually to to like as an audience surrogate exactly. to identify with. So he's like kind of the Yet closest I, we get. Yeah. But he's a cuck. I'll say it. He's a cock. He is yeah, that's a cop, sort
5: of, That's sort of part
4: of it is that like even though he's the only sympathetic character you're still like yeah I don't care. Yeah.
5: Yeah. yeah. Well yeah. That's, that's the thing is this the show make like directly like connects like the showbiz acumen and like talent of like the performers with how evil they're being. So, it's like the more charismatic they're being, the more people they've killed, like, right. the, yeah, like the more That's they're true. getting away with. So, it's um, so, of course, you're going to forget the one actually like good person who is in this heartbreaking yeah. situation of like genuinely believing Roxy, too. And also, that the, the, um, what, what's I also always love when people are on a piano. Ooh, um, uh-huh. uh, what's that song? That funny, funny honey. Funny Honey, uh, it's Roxy's yeah, first yeah, opening song, yeah. So funny. You know, and she's like she's like, he'll do it. and then him realizing that she actually probably mm-hmm. did uh-huh. like like you know, cheat on him like during that is uh...
4: I love too I love in Funny Honey the um it's it's like our second song and it's the first sort of like this is explicitly happening in Roxy's brain song. Um, and the way that he they have him like come in in the blue light and the chair getting um, interrogated while Roxy is sort of like performing over his shoulder. He does a great job of like still being like he's like, I'm on stage here now, but I'm still Amos. Like right. I'm still yes. this like little pathetic guy in a chair, even though I don't have all the rest of the stuff around me now.
2: And then, of course, we got to talk about Mr. Cellophane, which is his. Which is so, uh, also,
4: like, he, when he, Lauren, when you were saying that thing about he has the face for the time, I immediately pictured him putting his little clown eyes on in the yeah. mirror. As he's, like, he yeah. has a face to be transformed into a clown.
2: Okay, so here's yeah. what I learned. That John clown. C. Riley is apparently a clown enthusiast. He designed his own yeah. clown makeup. <gasps> and it was it's his beautiful. idea to have Amos it putting beautiful. it, like, to incorporate Amos putting on the makeup into, into the movie it's
4: I mean I, I literally was just thinking like yeah but then he puts on the clown makeup and it's like he he too has to perform the thing like he has to like give himself the little the little like extra pizzazz to be the performer that everyone else has
5: that does really work of like he's entering this world kind of unwillingly and in this sad way of like he's kind of the only one being thrust into the spotlight that doesn't want it
0: Right. It's uh-huh. he, being
5: played in that. It, it's very interesting. I feel like, too, this this is one of the movies where it, I feel like the idea of it being in her head, you know, the only like um diegetic music, I think, in it is the opening number and, and the closing number.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, closing number. And
2: I guess rock audition.
5: I also always think about the moment in the movie where all of a sudden you switch and it's not Capper Zeta-Jones. It's in the very... And all that jazz. When it's like,
4: oh my god, I, I yeah. want to write like a whole thesis about that moment. Like it's so, it's perfect the way that like the note that that Roxy is singing is like yeah. a high wailing. Uh-huh. Well, because
2: the very first thing we see in the movie, even before we see the title, even before we see any credits or or Catherine Zeta-Jones bustling into theater, is just an f- extreme close up on Renee Zellweger's eye. And it goes yeah. all the way into her eyes, just like to say, like, "Hey, nervous. this is where we're going to live for the next couple yeah. Of hours." Yeah. Uh, and that. then, and then it goes into the title screen. From also, there.
4: when it goes into the title screen, the the part that her eye had been is one of the C's in Chicago, like the central C, and like all the rest of the letters have lights that are like the big shiny stage lights. But that C is like flickering a little bit.
2: Yeah. Oh, I'm nuts Very about Chicago. that <laughs> Yeah, they are performing at the Chicago Theater at the very end. By the way, that's a note. Oh, oh
5: cool. such an achievement! Yeah, what is that like? Two thousand seats. Um, you know, it is, easy. it is. I feel like it's three thousand. Yeah, maybe, but it's like, I, I remember thinking that was the hugest venue in the world at some point for some yeah. reason. Like, and um, it's not even one of the biggest in Chicago. But <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> But, but it um, looms
4: that large, yeah.
5: It does loom that large. Um and it seeing like that sign, the mm-hmm. real sign that like is in the movie is always wild for me. <laughs> Um,
4: while we're talking about all that jazz, I would like us to talk for a moment about Tay Diggs, the piano player. Wow! Yeah, oh, yeah. Who oh, we yeah. haven't like mentioned because he this movie does not do him justice. Yeah, Just like use. the Rent movie doesn't do him justice. Um, but he is great in Spoiler all.
2: Spoiler alert: Tay <laughs> Diggs is who I would really like to see as Billy Flynn.
5: Mm. oh he, i'm man. sure he played it on the i think he, he, played he it did the,
2: in fact he was like on the in the revival and would understudy for for billy flynn or something or would switch to billy flynn he did play billy flynn on broadway a little bit i
5: love it i feel like tay diggs in general has not ever had a um huge moment in spite of being yeah. somebody who i think is universally recognized as being very talented and also yes. extremely
2: hot yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. but like mm-hmm. even in rent because he's playing this part that he started on broadway in 1995 he's like playing a very small part in
5: rent yeah <laughs> i have some issues with yeah. Rent. We,
2: we, we don't have time for <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> yeah,
5: the listener can check out our episode on rent with uh
2: sean smith and amanda crowley in our archives uh we also
5: what... have issues with rent Spoiler. yeah god bless america uh also Roxy Roxy is such a great I feel I feel like I wish I had more things I I hated about this movie Uh, oh yeah Yeah. um, Mm -hmm. unfortunately I love it so much
2: (laughs) can I I play uh, my favorite clip of Renee Zellweger from this movie because like I said she does so many weird line reads in this movie that I don't understand where she got them from and this is a scene where she is asking Catherine Zeta-Jones for help and Catherine Zeta-Jones is kind of being unhelpful and she walks away and Renee Zellweger says thanks
3: Nothing. What is that line (laughs) delivery? Nothing. Nothing. nothing.
2: (laughs) Have to do it one more time. Everyone has to
4: like taste it. (laughs) Because it's
2: so specific. <laughs> it's like something that was in my head for so long that I forgot it was from this. You know what I mean? It's like lived rip free in my <laughs> uh-huh. head for the last 20 years.
4: There's a similar moment at the end when Velma is like making her pitch to be like, one, murderous is nothing, but two, we could really do something with. And and Roxy is like, yeah, but it will never work. And Velma says, why? And Renee Zellweger turns and says, because I hate you.
5: <laughs> yeah, she thinks because I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that I and that's this is the one business where that doesn't matter. What did she yeah, say? Yeah, yeah.
4: yeah, It's like there's only one business in the world where that doesn't matter. Where
5: that doesn't matter, and uh, I think about that line a lot. Mm-hmm. Lauren, how do that's you feel how
2: this this movie yeah. ranks in in terms of re- Renee Zellwegerishness? I,
3: you know, I there's still some big like I've still never seen Jerry McGuire. Or Cold Mountain, which is wow. crazy. I I know, like those are blind spots for me. But I watch. To me, Bridget Jones is a Christmas movie, so uh-huh. I watch it every year at Christmas. It's a Christmas movie, just the first one. And
2: where does your impression come from? Because because it's not British, um, Renee. It it
3: it comes from her acceptance speech for playing Judy. Okay. When because yeah. she had gone, she had moved home to like Texas and kind of like got her accent back a little bit. And then just, you know, <laughs> she just sort of um talks like this and has an accent a little bit. <laughs> and she's a very, it's like her speaking voice is like so different from her performer voice.
2: Uh-huh. Yes, yeah.
3: But I, I think she also, well, Judy was such a, you know, she was like such a transformation, but I don't know. I mean, Bridget Jones is so good. She's so convincing yeah. as a British person. I know. That's wild. And is so funny. And but like Roxy is just I'm yeah, again, I'm sure you could have plugged different people into this, but to me, this is probably like number two, I would say. I I, yeah. I having not seen Cold Mountain, I feel like not a ton of people still have either, maybe. And so like I don't think that's the role people maybe associate no, her
2: with, she's great in I it she's on. a little southern maniac in it and she meets yeah. Jack white on the set and they get married for a year oh so, i yeah.
3: forgot that <laughs> yeah, okay because
2: yeah. jack white's also in that movie yeah he's oh, in that this
3: movie. is okay this is all <laughs> that makes sense that checks out the actually, year is 2003 and the jack white is acting. a wild place <laughs> yeah
2: yeah yeah but I love how such... much so, uh, you you can really lock onto these southern girls because you're. I just learned you're from where?
3: Atlanta, Atlanta. but then I okay, go to yeah. New Orleans, all over the south, yeah.
2: and yeah. Because you know I'm from the south. I'm from Memphis, and like you you just did mm-hmm. our our character assassination show as Dolly Parton, and like before we even got off stage, I was like, "Where are you from? Like, why are you?" Because no one in Chicago <laughs> yeah. is, can really nail this southern accents as well as you can. You know.
3: Thank you. Well, yeah, and hers is just so. She's kind of an odd lady, I, uh-huh. I think, especially yeah. now. Like, let's say, yeah, I just, that was the, yeah, I forgot she had dated or was married to Jack White. And she was also married to Kenny Chesney and wow, just odd odd choices.
2: You think she got jealous that uh, Nicole Kidman, who beat her for the Oscar this year, was married to Keith Urban? And that's why she married <sighs> Kenny Chesney? Yeah,
3: well, it was, Kenny it was Chesney probably a was a long, long time ago. Yeah.
2: Oh, it was that, weird
3: okay. and they got it annulled it was like they were married for like a couple weeks
0: wow and
3: they got it annulled also this is just also random of like i love her but she is kind of weird like if you just google renee zellweger wearing a baseball hat uh, um, <laughs> she wears this like texas longhorn hat or something like that and it just sits on her head she <laughs> doesn't fit it to her head it just sits on the top oh,
4: of her head wait, it's, wait, true, huh? weird it's true <laughs> I do see. Wait, it's everyone like, at home, stop what you're doing and go do it this. It is it's just, it's worth it.
2: This
3: woman has a tiny
4: head. I know she does. So how is
3: that? a hair thing?
4: Fit? No, because there are some of these where all of her hair is out under. And it's like it.
3: every
2: it's every time she wears a hat. It's not just like, it's well, like part
5: crazy. of it is she's wearing her hair back and she's not like doing the like clipping it through. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. The ponytail place. What I call but it. But she just <laughs> she just puts it on top like.
4: It's so wild. Sort of so, so hanging top. out on top there.
5: Also, speaking of insane um, marriages, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones and and uh, Michael Douglas. Yeah. Have you heard the the like prenup agreement that there's like a weight, like that that Catherine Zeta-Jones has to stay within like a certain amount of weight no. for her to like. Wow. Like, something otherwise like she can get divorced and like end up with nothing i, I don't i i, I mean, rumor he
4: did get throat cancer from going down on her so like it's <laughs> yeah. okay that he asked for something in return <laughs> <laughs> he,
2: that's like the that's like the john cena yeah. like john cena when he was dating nikki bella and he had like this contract for them to live together and he's like nicole these are the rules that if you're gonna live with me uh, you have to be out of the house within 24 hours Be off the premises if we break up You have 24 hours to vacate the premises Wow! And there's all these things I feel like weight was one of them But it's just like boy that's real love Isn't it <laughs> I can't yeah. wait to be in love like that <laughs> Seth I can't wait till our relationship Escalates to the point where we have contracts For each other <laughs> And he's like you
5: can't get below This weight <laughs> <laughs> I'm like
2: if you Lose more than 30 pounds I'm out Yeah <laughs>
3: <laughs> I feel like they're gonna be. I mean, he's real old now, and she has her own, like she has mental health like struggles. So I'm like, I kind of feel like they're a match. Maybe yeah, they seem to be doing kind great.
5: of maybe the, the right amount of crazy for each other. Yeah, yeah,
3: they really found each other. Yeah. I I think so. And it's a it feels even though she's younger, because they were older when they got together, I'm like, this is appropriate. This is fine. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they're they were a full older adults, you know.
5: I feel like my generation, and I, part of it, I think, is that, like, this generation is one of the ones that, like, had a reckoning with, like, age in mm-hmm. like, relationships and, yeah. like, kind of, like, those power dynamics. And, and obviously, there's a lot of reason for that, and, like, it's been so insane. And re- But I feel like mm-hmm. my age is, a, my generation is a little oversensitive to sometimes age differences in relationships <laughs> mm-hmm. in a way that is always, like...
4: Okay, Beckett, I see what you're saying, and I love that about the the we gen z but also like your generation just is still we like i feel like you guys haven't gotten to the age where like that like you are you have not yet achieved the age where that kind of gap is appropriate like any of you experiencing that kind of age gap is actually a problem at this point yeah that is true that true. is you're you're
5: right everyone can we just go around and, and kind of point out a way that i'm young
4: <laughs> oh yeah! Like, can you tell well, me how young I, already I am? Did that again.
5: background. <laughs> also, really, uh, based on Lauren talking about where she's from, um, I remember I did Lauren's uh, show. Um, I did. I, I. remember we were at a show at the Playground uh-huh. Theater, and yes. I was opening for Real Housewives, or maybe this was like one of your. Which I missed that theater so much. I, I thought that was such the Playground terrible. closed down. And it's closed yeah. down and it's just still there this whole oh, time. It's literally yeah, just why? been there the whole time. it on so
2: the playground. Such a cute little black box.
5: And yeah. it like, yeah. you know, it really most of the time was exactly two people in the audience and you were. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but every once in a while it was bumping in there and it was a yeah. really fun space. Um, but um, I remember one time somebody like asking where I was from. One of, I think it was one of the other Real Houses of Improv but I can't remember oh, which yeah. one. And then, um, me saying I'm from Peoria and her saying I felt I seemed coastal I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like um, oh yeah. yes I know I'm so New York City, City
2: are you sure Nashville. she didn't say postal
3: yeah.
5: <laughs> you do
3: give I would say you do not seem like a midwesterner to me and you are just like so cultured that I'm like not that cultured people can't be from the suburbs. I mean I'm okay. like you know, I'm technically from the suburbs too, but it's like yeah, you do seem um yeah, I, I, I would classify you more like New England or East Coast. Oh okay. Second, I, I mean this in the best way possible.
4: You are the most little Midwestern theater boy. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I see you. Yeah. You
2: yeah, have to wipe that off your face before you go to that audition. Roots,
5: so. <laughs> I'm good with being from the Midwest. I'm good with being from Chicago. Chicago. No, not Chicago.
2: Chicago.
4: Yeah. That's, that's Chicago.
2: Sh- that's Chicago. Uh, Steph, are there any songs that we really haven't hit that you feel we, we need to talk about before we move on to our final segments here?
4: We Yes, actually. We haven't talked about We Both Reached for the Gun. So oh, like... Okay. amazing zell
2: performance honestly
0: yeah that
4: is like my number one thing that i want to talk about like the staging (laughs) of it this is the one where they it's the press conference which i want i do want to point out that they refer to her arraignment as the press conference because like actually she (laughs) has had like a whole little trial moment here but like that's not what it's about
1: um
4: but they so they're like all the all the reporters are um, dummies on strings and then like it like pans up and Billy is the one pulling all the strings. But yeah, what I really want to talk about is Renee doing inc- just incredible work here as a dummy on Billy Flynn's lap doing all of yeah. the like singing and stuff. It's um, it really it's it this is that's one of the things that I that I think of when I think of like this is she is doing stuff here that we don't talk about because like we don't think about how that is her performance that she's doing because like we think of this as like
5: a Billy song. Oh, She's so good as the puppet.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah.
5: Yeah. What What a, what a great also. So who of the nine rocks? I'm sorry, Lauren, I, I desperately want your opinion and I actually wish, They've yeah. done a full ranking. I want a whole mini-show dedicated
0: to nine <laughs> right. yes. it'll, it'll be on the Patreon.
4: That's a Patreon exclusive right there. on the Patreon.
5: The real movie musical we need to be talking about is the nine Rockies. <laughs> because uh, who, who were your favorite Rocks? Uh
2: I did like Sandy Duncan. Sandy Duncan just knows <laughs> how to be on a stage
5: uh, oh, and knows I, how to like I get think... laughs.
4: I loved Melanie Griffith. I love
5: I thought Melanie Griffith was- And she was a movie star as opposed to like- she didn't really even come from stage. Yeah, we know, but know she's of. but yeah.
4: she's just doing that, like, maybe it's that same, like, raspy Renee voice, but, like, she's just got that, like, oh, like, I'm just innocent little me, but I do know what's going on. But, like, I'm still just my little ingenue. That's my role.
5: Yeah. My favorite was Anne Renting, who is the, the one who has,
0: you want to know something? Like, the most... <laughs> uh-huh.
5: like, I think I like her performance, though, because... When she's doing it, it almost feels like she's doing stand-up.
2: Yeah. Which is how it, sort of how it should feel, because that's it's like a vaudeville thing. Yeah. 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 Um, um, but she, and then, like, speaking, and we talked about um, Bibi Newworth who plays Velma, and how bad she is at playing Roxy, but Cheetah Rivera is not bad.
5: Cheetah Rivera is great. Cheetah Rivera is healing yeah. it. She's, she's the original Velma. And Charlotte Gamblea, I, I really like, too, um, who's the little blonde pixie cut. Uh huh. Um,
4: oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah.
5: But what I was going to say was um, B.B. Newarth and Cheetah Rivera have played, I, I think both of them have played Roxy, Velma, and also the third one. Do you know what the third role they've played in this show is?
4: Please tell me uh, it's Mama.
5: No. Well, one of the main, I think B.B. played Mama and I think Cheetah played um, Billy, Flint. Ooh. That's great. Yeah. Uh-huh, I'm in. But they both yeah. played one other role. That, that sorry, I think actually, I think one Mama, thinking, one I think Billie. BB did Mama and uh, Cheetah did. That. Okay, I, I see I, either but, one of
2: them is great. Honestly, BB would be a great Billy Flynn.
5: I I think so too. Yeah, she's yeah.
2: like I don't know. You know, my my generation grew up so scared of BB Newarth because she was Frasier's ex wife, like on <laughs> Cheers, and she was always yeah. played as like, oh no, this huge bitch Lilith is coming, and then she would get there, and I'd be like, oh, but she's but she's hot she's mean and it's kind of hot mm-hmm. um Very i learned a lot about myself counter. from being here <laughs> too <indoor. laughs> uh
3: oh wait i just thought of something and yeah, real yeah. quick in cell block tango so you know like cicero is uh-huh. one and then when i moved here i was like oh cicero, cicero. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like oh that's like an area and i forget what the phrasing was why she said cicero oh it's Cicero.
4: They're at it the was hotel. What? It's the, the name hotel. of the hotel. Oh, oh right. where she right. found them, Fred okay. Eagle.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yes.
2: Uh, there is a Cicero Hotel at 4501 South Cicero in Chicago. If
5: anyone's wondering, we mm. got to stay there. We, gotta stay okay, there we and, got to stay there. We got to. Yeah. And cheat on our spouses. <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay. The only. My other moment that is, this is really out of nowhere, but we talked a little bit about I Can't Do It Alone and how this is like, this is the song that she, Velma has to like sell entirely on her own. Um And it's like very like dance heavy and they, they do a great job of achieving like hiding her pregnancy and her, whatever her skills are. And it's great. Um But there is a specific moment at the end of it. So she like, she like does her little wail and then she like, runs and dives across the table and it's yeah. um it's one of those katie perry moments where like you see on her face they like they just hold in on her face for a moment and you see her breathing and it's just like these breaths of desperation um that are oscar like that that's like a little two-second oscar clip it's beautiful there,
5: there's so much like m- like to play with is like a performer here of like mm, of yes. like the dancing there's some like Roxanne and Velmas who are really good singers uh I, I keep going, pushing back to the musical unfortunately and I can I love it uh, but like um the power dynamics are constantly changing of like Velma's yeah. such a mm. bitch to her at the beginning and then she's taking yeah. her back and then mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like because all that's of- the
4: fickle theme like who's yeah. in the spotlight mm-hmm. who's hot who's the star
5: I also, it's so funny, like, looking back at these, like, old satires because I feel like in some ways, Chicago, I I feel like they always are, like, saying something that's really prescient and, like, still, like, last day, and I think that, like, our idea of, like, spectacle and, like, you know, getting away with things for, like, like, by performing, like, is still applicable, but I also always think that they're also, like, kind of, like, and also having sex is equally bad. You know <laughs> what I mean? like, it's, uh-huh. it's like there's just like a little bit of like of like and and there's yeah like people use money and like and like performance and spectacle distract you from evil and that evil is sex. Mm-hmm. You know like there's a little <laughs> yeah. bit of, um, mm-hmm. it's always like it's always like yes this is right and maybe the little I, like, I
4: puritanical it's, moralizing
5: a, a little bit like where i feel like It's interesting, too, because I think that these are such great roles that, like, I feel like Velma and Roxy are kind of, like, the female versions of, like, that anti-hero that, like, men get to play all the time of, like, like, Breaking Bad, like, you know, like, the good fellas like, Mm -hmm. you know, that that kind of Mm -hmm. um, person. Um, You know, in
2: fairness, this movie also says jazz is bad
4: yeah (laughs) it's it's the combination of liquor and jazz that Uh led to murder
2: um well uh let's talk a little bit and this is sort of something we've been talking about the whole time but we sort of talk like to talk about if we remade this movie what would it be like and i think lauren you did hit on
4: something
2: (laughs) yeah as who billy
4: yes billy holy shit it's brilliant
2: I think, Lauren, you hit on a, a proper thing, which is that you can almost plug anyone into these roles. And uh, I don't know. But I think to be- to yeah. Beckett's nine, Roxy is like, it's not always going to work, you know? But like, I mean, I feel like we talk about her maybe every week we talk about rebooting a musical, but I do want to talk about Ariana Grande as Roxy.
3: Ooh,
2: uh-huh. Hmm. No. Beckett hates it.
3: She I, doesn't have the face. I think She's I th- seen, her face is seen in an iPhone, so...
5: Oh, interesting.
3: <laughs> that Her is face interesting.
5: has, you know, seen an, icon has seen an iPhone. To <laughs> me,
3: she could be Velma.
5: I don't think she could be either. To be honest, no. Um,
3: she could be in Cell Block Tango as a little feature. Oh,
4: sure. She she can <laughs> go on af, after Catherine Zeta Jones. She could be
5: Lucy yeah. Liu. Yeah. yeah. She yeah. could be Lou. Mama Morton.
0: All right. Oh okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Ariana Grande is I'm casting Ariana Grande as Mama Morton for <laughs> <laughs> I I would love to see Gaga as Billy Flynn. Okay, okay Ooh, I'm thinking okay.
3: Gaga for something. Uh, she I, could be Velma I, Kelly or Roxie. Sure. I She could
5: be of a Velma.
2: I would love to see her as a villain because I feel like Roxy is yeah. sort of her character from A uh, 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 Star is
5: Born. A Star is Born. Yeah, yeah,
4: that's true. Yeah. It's
5: like her character from A Star is Born, if she like tried to make him kill himself a little bit more. You <laughs> know what I mean? <laughs>
4: And Beckett is our guest for that movie.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Don't want to actually get me and Lauren back for. for Oh my gosh! I'm
3: wearing Lady Gaga. Oh wow! Me
5: me and Lauren are huge little. Oh
3: yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: Yeah. Oh wow!
3: Okay, you know I feel like they probably these days they probably would have cast Bradley Cooper as Billy Flynn. Not that I think that's a good choice. Yeah, but he's kind of like a singer actor, but he's not a singer. I feel like Jamie Foxx would be kind of be good.
5: Oh that's true. Yeah, I like that oh, I like idea that. a lot. Yeah. I think Jamie I, Fox is can
3: sing. Uh-huh. And he's a very good
5: actor. He's comedic and who's like really just care. I mean not that Richard Deere isn't charismatic. Like I think right. he seems like a cute, suave guy, but I want someone who's a little more intense. I feel like. I want
4: yeah there's that yeah. in um the way they do uh uh all I care about his like intro song where like the stage performance is him being all like oh schmucks I'm a little newsy and I'm so charming and then like yeah. all of the real life yeah. stuff is him just like being like the rich lawyer asshole I really yeah. want someone who
3: can like do that a b mm. also for Richard here I mean this <laughs> would be bad, but I can't not think about the gerbil
2: <laughs> Wait, do you know what I mean? I mean, he's doing all that tap dancing. That gerbil's getting uh-huh. shaken up in there. Is
5: this? Is this? Uh, is this a butt gerbil thing? Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's a famous uh, urban legend about Richard Gere.
3: That really he went to That's the car right. because a gerbil was up his asshole.
2: Everyone else above a certain age cannot hear Richard <laughs> Gere without <laughs> thinking the word gerbil immediately. <laughs> wow, pretty. Woman. So it
3: kind of overshadows that for me. Okay, the gerbil. <laughs>
5: So I, I I maybe we it. need
2: someone else who's a notorious sex freak in there, you know? Can like, I say uh... something?
5: <laughs> yeah. Richard, Richard Gere's type is not, like, super charismatic. Richard Gere's type is guy with a germ, gerbil in his butt. That's, <laughs> that's the, that's yeah. the, those, those are the only believable roles mm. I can see. <laughs> Jojo Siwa is Roxy. Who? Oh.
2: Wait, who'd you say? I, you
5: I say? said Jojo Siwa. Oh, <laughs> my
2: God i jojo think. might make it okay roxy honestly she's got that sort of
5: doe-eyedness so my problem with ariana grande is and i i would love to be proven wrong by the wicked movie but i i, I doubt her acting ability a little bit see i, mm-hmm. I i've i've
2: yeah. no i didn't i didn't watch her on i think she was on a, a nickelodeon show right growing up cat uh, oh yeah she was on sam and cat the uh the iCarly spinoff um and uh and I never watched that, but I she hosted SNL and she was great hosting hosting she
5: SNL. was good at hosting SNL and she was like did a
2: great uh, she's a
4: great mimic.
2: Yeah, yeah. And right. I think that she could really play that like and also she's great on uh Scream Queens, which was a, a show they did in like 2015 I love Scream a Ryan Queens, Johnson actually. show. and she's like the way that she is in that where she's like just sort of the helpless little girl, like I feel like that's some some Roxy shit and why, why Roxy would work. And then Uzo Adubo is oh. uh, Velma. Uh, who is Velma? U- Uzo Aduba. Interesting. Okay. Oh,
4: okay, yeah. Let's think about it. I was going to say Ariana DeBose as Velma. Just uh, to give her the, yeah. like, continuing the, wow. like, we'll just let her follow Cheetah. Every yeah,
5: time. yeah. Um, I, mean, I, do, I, I think I that's think that's, that's a, a pretty good, I would love to see a young Kristen Chenoweth as, like, Roxy. As Roxy, would have to be Roxy, yeah.
2: <laughs> but now I would I'd do old Kristen Chenoweth as Velma. <laughs> that could be interesting. I would do that.
3: Two options for... Christine Bransky's role, which I forget the reporter's name.
2: Uh, Sunshine. Miss
3: Sunshine,
2: Okay. Yeah. Chastain,
3: uh-huh. Uh-huh. Maybe? Or, uh-huh. gosh, I just thought of it. Um... She just of won one that. Time.
2: I mean, if it's Jessica Chastain, then are you thinking Bryce Dallas Howard? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, right? Right. <laughs> Michelle
4: Yao as Mary Sunshine. Great. Okay. <laughs> Did she sing?
5: Uh, probably not.
4: Probably hmm. enough for that one line.
5: That's true. I I think if I did remake it, I would want a drag queen in it. Uh-huh. All
4: right.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
5: That's true. There's too
2: many famous drag. So we stick Bob in there as Mary Sunshine. Yeah, Bob
5: or Jinx or yeah, uh,
2: Monet. Uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, exchange, Ex- exchange, Monet, exchange. Um. Well, uh, look, whoever we put in it, here's, here's what we do on this podcast, Lauren, what we do, you're new here. Um, we, uh, whenever, you know, whenever they remake a musical, they did it with this one. Then when they made the movie, what they do? They added a new song to try and get that best original song Oscar, right? So that's what we do on this podcast. Whenever we talk about remaking a musical, we throw a new song on there so that when they do come to us to pick up, to option our idea, uh, and give us a bunch of money, uh, I have a new song ready to go. Now it's a, uh it's what, what do they call it a temp track you know it's made by me on GarageBand I'm not a musician uh so we mentioned it we mentioned that there's not enough for Tay Diggs to do in this movie right uh okay. and so I wanted to yeah. give the band leader his own song uh don't worry I did not sing it myself I went out to friend of the show Sean Smith to to sing it for me and uh and I just really want I think it's fucked up that the band leader who's just Tay Diggs who's so talented doesn't get enough to do in this movie so I wrote Uh, a song for the band leader to to step out and do his own thing too. And that's what we're going to listen to right now. This is the band leader song. We'll be back on the other side of it here on musical, the movie, the podcast. Oh
1: yeah. Great beat. Well, I've been a host for way too long. So now it's time to sing my own song. You knew that I could get the crowd to clap. But did you know that I can tap? Alright, I got it. I got it. No oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me start over. Let me start over. I got it. Band leader, start. look out! you know my name's actually Marcus? I, whoa! Oh, my, God. Oh, my leg! I broke my leg during my debut solo! Oh, supposed to be my breakout performance. Now the only thing that's breaking out is my leg bone. Out of my leg a little bit. Oh, Come on, band leader. We have to get you no, to the hospital. no. I have to finish. Yeah, I later. get away <laughs> I've got the most talent on the stage but I want to shine before I die of old age you knew that I could bring up the axe did you know I could play the sax ow my leg my leg it's probably not helping I forgot how to play the sax Sick of giving bad intros for herky jerky hatted hoes. You all knew that I could flatten my gums, but did you know I could play the drums? Sir, what are you doing? Get off the drum set. Sir,
2: these are my drums. Ow! Okay, here we go!
1: Uh. Huh? Mm. Okay, my broken leg. Can you hit the kick drum? Yeah. Yeah, that's it.
2: Yeah. Sir, <laughs> so the kick drum wasn't the problem. You're still bad at this.
1: Shut up. There's the casting it from Fibber McGee and Molly in the crowd. Tonight, the spotlight is all mine. It's time for the band leader to shine. You all knew that I was good with words, but did you know I could juggle swords?
5: Oh, God. Oh, no.
1: Oh, God. Oh, God. God I got it. Okay. Hey, it's doing pretty good, actually. Yeah! Oh, no! Oh, okay, 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 okay. it's okay. The sword ricocheted off my exposed leg bone. All good, no harm.
2: <laughs> oh, no, the sword killed the Cassian agent from Fibber McGee and Molly. Ah, uh,
1: damn it. If you want to call me baby, just go ahead now. <laughs>
2: That was, that was improvised by Sean at the end there, uh, but wow. yeah, yeah, that was the band leader song sung by Sean Smith, written by me. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Sean. You really,
4: you really added the the slapstick vaudeville That's really what this musical is missing that that element of vaudeville.
2: I just got, got so really mad that, that he didn't have anything to do. So I was like, what if he tried to do everything and he was bad at
4: it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you captured that really well.
5: Thanks. The, um... no, just... <laughs> the only thing, no, the only thing. Tay hey, Diggs is bad at is uh, keeping his relationship with Adina menzel alive. staying
2: married to Adele. You
5: know, Although I many... think they're still friends.
2: friends. Yeah, I... he's actually <laughs> legally married to Adele Dazeem. Still.
5: Oh.
3: But he, but he
2: divorced. That's the trick. He married Adele Dazeem. He divorced Adina menzel Oh,
3: right, right, right.
2: Yeah. Um, and also this is our second movie in a row that features one of Adina menzel's husbands.
3: Oh.
5: Adina Mendl. What's her other husband?
4: Aaron yeah. Lore. He's a newsie. He's a bash brother. He's in rent. Oh. Yeah.
5: That's so interesting. So she just went from one guy in rent to another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind
2: of. Yeah. Watch out. Chris Columbus.
5: Wow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Watch out guy that plays Angel Dumont Schumard. Um, all right. Well, let me just mention to the listener that the only place where they can find all the songs that we write and perform here on musical, the movie, the podcast is at our Patreon, patreon.com slash dumb fun, where you can also find that uh uh Andy and Steph and Beckett's thoughts on the nine Roxies. Um and uh it's also the Patreon for 30 characters as well as uh Fanny Falls Demon Hunter, which Beckett was a guest on a very funny episode of. And uh you can get bonus stuff for all of our shows there and just support us because it's um way more time consuming than you think it is to write a dumb song like that. Uh so uh if you want to throw some money on our Patreon, we certainly do appreciate it. And uh let me just go to uh Lauren what do you have coming up that you would like to plug this is going to drop on monday
3: oh wonderful well then i every first day in june i'm doing um a show at the annoyance called two tickets to paradise colon a margaritaville mystery wow. and i do have a southern accent in it so Hell yeah. you know, all right you know it's just there. a fun little play fun i love that play. who wrote it um my um improv sketch group pigeon well.
2: Oh, pigeon is the name P-pigeon, of the group. Pigeon,
3: yeah. Which I joke for the <laughs> okay. show we're parrot because it's a Jimmy Buffett. It's very funny. <laughs>
2: <So>. <laughs> I thought that you were saying my improv group's pigeon wrote it.
3: Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Like, <laughs> um, Beckett, what about you? What do you got coming up?
5: Uh, there is a bi- booked and busy for Pride, so I guess you guys would just have to follow me on social media <gasps> to figure out mm-hmm. where. Yeah. Uh, my Instagram is at. Bucket with two Ts, b-u-c-k-e-t-t-k-e-n-n-y Bucket Kenny. Um, and my TikTok is Beckett Kenny, but there's a big uh Laugh Factory uh blowout pride sachet is coming back for June wow. 30th. So that'd be a good go to go. So yeah. Love that. Uh Steph.
4: Um, it's still May it's still the month that we celebrate labor and I believe that the WGA is still striking now with SAG so I'm just once again gonna plug a labor union and uh, giving people support for the work that they do that's how we can all make great things is by supporting each other so yeah.
2: um, well I'll plug, uh, that, uh, character assassination is doing the roast of Disney princesses, uh, June, nope, yeah, June 4th at the Laugh Factory, uh, but you can catch Beckett and I and that, we're the only men on that show and uh and then you can catch the roast of mario in louisville at planet of the tapes june 23rd and 24th and at the laugh factory in chicago july 2nd uh and then it'll be the roast of barbie in august as well as my various stand-up dates in my capacity of one of this nation's great stand-up comedians uh which uh you can uh (laughs) catch you can follow me on instagram at andy zaster uh, and, uh, and and I'll tell the listener his name. I'll tell the listener as well That uh, we, we picked Chicago This week because we knew that we wouldn't have enough Time to get next week's Movie in uh, and we wanted to watch A movie by the same director uh, And so we'll, we will be exploring how, his, how he's changed over the Past 20 years since making Chicago and now since making our next Episode's movie 2023's The Little Mermaid uh, So come Ooh. back for that uh we're in a couple weeks temporary that's right and we're wow. going Excited. and you know where else we're going stuff
4: back to the 90s under, under the, the sea. sea under the under sea is the correct sea. yeah
2: uh-huh. <laughs> um beckett lauren thank you guys so much for being here thank to talk you friends. what a delight yeah, it was to it was have so you always oh, a delight having you guys and uh for the listener we'll see you uh under the under the sea uh in a couple weeks under bye everybody Bye. Bye. Musical, the movie, the podcast. Musical, the movie, the podcast. Musical, the movie, the podcast with Andy and Steph. Fun dom.